This is your fearless commissioner, Tom Hart, side-by-side co-commissioner, Kyle Madaus. Together, this is the Champions Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our week four NFL podcast for this year. How are we doing here today, Tom? Uh, we're doing great. It's it's nice and early in the morning before either of us have to uh, get to too much work. So it's you know just it's just a beautiful day. The pod did another had another great week at fantasy last week. If you remember, Kyle, we combined for over three hundred points this week. We got we got close to three hundred fifty. Right, we, we no. both should be both should be happy. Right, how are you doing? Doing great, you know, just out here grinding. I'm out here talking with people, trying to get trades going, which we'll talk about a little bit here today. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's my favorite time of the year. Kyle, I mean, like, we were mentioned, we were talking a little bit before. <laughs> She's fine. Uh, <laughs> we were talking a little bit before, but essentially, like, half the league is making some trade this week. We're up to four out of ten. Uh, I, 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 I love it. I love the activity. I think I think that's something we can somewhat accredit to Sleeper. Uh, but that's something we can talk about maybe at the banquet or later. Yeah, definitely. But uh, let's go ahead and... Zoe thinks it's ready to move on to uh, announcements, which uh, I have done. Do you have any announcements, Kyle? Uh, really no announcement other than, unfortunately, as of right now, no super-duper pick from Joe this week. I was late in telling him, and um, Joe is not up this early in the morning, apparently. Well, yeah, he's on that Japanese time, right? <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, it's contagious. Um, so, yeah, poor Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear he's unprepared for week four. But we are ready. Your, your loyal podcast hosts are, you know, up at the crack of dawn. To give you the best podcast we can. So we're going to get rolling into week three in review. Kyle, what matchup do you want to start with? We got a we got a juicy one to get the, the crowd roaring, or do you want to get rid of a, a, some of the mediocre ones? Go ahead and jump into some previews here, Tom. Uh, which matchup do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's get mine over with. Mine was kind of ugly. Not really glamorous by any means. Um, I didn't do the math on this, but we might be the lowest combined score. Both of us are underperformed. Anytime you go under 150, uh, you should probably lose in this league. Uh, but when both of you go under 150, uh, one of you's got to win, right? So uh, that was me, of course. I scraped along to 140. You know, my uh, my afternoon games really brought me back, even though yeah. I was sort of, we were both we we're both pretty disappointing. In the uh, in the morning games, but yeah, uh, you know, but like really, two quarterbacks. It's always my two quarterbacks that seem to save me: Murray and Prescott. You know, they throw a shit ton and they get a lot of touchdowns, and, and that really kind of clawed me back. What do you got to add, Kyle? Say so, yeah, really for your team outside of Prescott, Murray, and the Buccaneers defense, you did not do anything at all worth note. Right, it's kind of <laughs> meh. Which is all I needed to do when Castro uh, just kind of flopped a little to one thirty, right? 
Yeah, which the, I guess for me the most interesting thing is so Castro goes out of his way and spends to get Mike Davis and then doesn't even play him over maybe a Darius Slayton or something of that effect. You know, it, that, that's the thing. It's like if you're going to spend up to buy someone, you either should – you're holding them for future weeks. But in this week, it's like why would you care about Mike Davis' future prospects? You care about him in the short term when he's picking up for McCaffrey. Right. So. I think the I think the argument could be made that, you know, maybe it's like it's his, it's his first week being like a first week of practice being the number one guy, and you maybe don't know if it's a committee or not, and maybe you're playing wait and see. If because if McCaffrey's out for six weeks, maybe you just want to play him for the last five, where you're right. confident Mike Davis's role is. Um, but still, he knew going in he was going to have an uphill battle facing you know, the undefeated uh, Tom Hart. So he should have been taking probably more risks than he did. Yeah, so e- either way, you're lucky enough to have squeaked out a win to s- manage to barely stay on top of uh, the champs division. So good yeah. on you. And yeah, uh, playoffs, so. Yeah, you, you need one win for the rest of the year, so that's good. Uh, right, one win, and I mean, I got like a, I got like a six-game lead over Patterson, you know? Like, what? how's, how's he catching that? Yeah. <laughs> so that being said here, let's jump into another kind of uh, borderline uninteresting game. Let's talk about me versus Joe. Uh, while this one was the highest scoring game of the week, it was literally just because of like a couple of ridiculous players on, on both teams. Joe having, you know, 80 points between two players, which is a lot. <laughs> having 70 between two players, which is a lot. But yeah. uh, so you know. going into Monday night, how are you? How how are you sitting? Because obviously, kind of your two most expensive auction players, I'm I'm pretty sure they are at least, um, were yet to to duel on Monday night. Did you have this locked up beforehand or not? No, going into Monday, I was down about uh, I want to say it was thirty ish points with me having my two quarterbacks and then him having Hollywood wrong. So all that being said, Joe was not at all comfortable though. And yeah, kind yeah. of threw the towel after that monster first half performance by Mahomes. Yeah. Which kind of hard to argue with, but it would have been actually really close because I don't know if you watched the second half of that game, but Hollywood Brown just missed on a giant would have would have been a giant touchdown. Yeah, which again you would be a, a part of that touchdown. Correct. So as giant as it would normally be. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Joe definitely had had his chances. It's hard to beat anyone who puts up one ninety two. Um, he would have beaten uh, a lot of other teams this week, but the scheduling gods paired him up with you, Kyle. Yeah, and the only Russell Wilson is is just. I mean, it's really, he's got, yeah, he's got those two big guns that are just the entire New Orleans offense and the entire Seattle offense is run through, you know, Russ and Kamara. And he's just getting all of those points. Neither of those defenses are doing well. So they are, they're just putting up points and every bit of them is going to Joe. I will say two interesting facts here about Kamara and Russell Wilson, respectively. Um, So right now, Russell is on pace for 70 plus touchdowns. Yeah, that, that's stable. That is absolutely insane. Put it this way 
in the first three games of this year, he's already at half of his 2019 total. God. <laughs> so there's that. Second fun fact, and this is for Kamara. Kamara, if he was uh, eligible as a wide receiver, would be the number four <laughs> wide receiver on the year. Yeah, like oh. I think I saw that. Like if you take away all of his rushing yards. Correct. Which is absolute insanity. So it's like, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. But uh, really, the only other thing for my side is people laughed last week when I picked up, picked up Berrios. Ended up being a solid play. Got me 16. And then my $0 Jeff Wilson bid ended up coming through with a solid 21 points. So got to make you some free agency or free the waiver wire. Yeah, free waiver wire is kind of a kind of a hot mess. And we'll, when we get into week four stuff, we'll we'll talk about some interesting bids from uh, from this week, of course. But you know, there's a number of that. You know, you could like you could always find examples of people overpaying and people underpaying. You know, you you underpaid and you got a whole bunch of value this week at least. But yeah, you got a big win. Let's get it. Are we, do we have any exciting matchups this week? These two are kind of yours was a high scoring kind of blowout. Mine was just ugly. Probably the the closest one would have been, I guess, Garrett uh, kind of holding off the late surge from Patterson. So Garrett Patterson jumped trying up. to get that first win. Yeah, Garrett jumping out early because of his noon slates for, full of games. I mean, he was had a hundred point lead at one point. But Patterson really kind of was coming back with the late afternoon games going into Sunday night, specifically with Alan Lazard filling in for an injured Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. Just targeted all over the place, 146 yards. Absolute insanity. And here's the other shitty thing is, like, DK Metcalf dropped or, you know, fumbled that touchdown, right? Like, that would have been a what? I think eight-point swing. So that that would have been a loss by three, which again still is a loss at the end of the day. But it's just like hot damn. Yeah, but a loss by three compared to, like you're saying, the noon games were not kind to to Patterson. You know, in the in the sleeper group chat, it was people were just kind of writing Patterson off completely. I think, and I think the win probability was in the nineties for Garrett at one point. Yeah, it, yeah. Supposedly, be one play away from three points, and three points—that's one more play. That's a that's a twenty-yard catch. That's a thirty-yard run. That's a, that's that's very very doable, very much within reach. Yeah, but uh, like looking over, here. <laughs> Tom Brady yeah, but... seemed to have statistically at least uh, a better game. He's the Buccaneers offensively haven't been that exciting, but but close to twenty-four points for Tom Brady. Do we think he's kind of turning the corner? Are we getting um, old Tom Brady? Well, not old Brad Brady, but uh, OG Tom Brady back? I <laughs> do not think so. I think it was more along the lines of uh, he is competent enough, and it's just like because they're playing against a Denver team that literally can't yeah. fight back. You know, it's like Tom Brady's going to have more games like this for the year. But I mean, like physically watching him play, he's clearly lost a step. I mean, like, he's not as bad as, like, Drew Brees at this point, but he's not good. Like, I mean, especially when you compare him to, like, physically, again, physically watching 
Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's doing bad. Big Ben is doing much better this year. But okay. what I wanted to do is I wanted to compliment Garrett here. He had a really good waiver wire pickup. We were just talking about this. He picked up Garrett McKinnon, was able to squeak him out and get a solid 15 points as a fill-in compared to what he would have had otherwise. So good job on you about that, Garrett. And really, the whole thing came down to Robinson, the undrafted rookie for Jacksonville, saving Garrett's week here with a 30-point performance. Yeah, Robinson um, is looking at, like, one of the best kind of pickups of the year kind of so far. He's I, I assume he wasn't drafted. Um Correct. Garrett picked him up right before week one when it was like after a Fournette fallout. Yeah, after Fournette fallout, and then as Jacksonville was trying to figure out who was going to happen, Robinson was kind of like the last man standing. So okay. Garrett was able to kind of snag him when everybody else had picked up Thompson or yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So Garrett was a this year, which is helping him get to two and one on this. As we said, Patterson is uncharacteristically really bad to start the season. Right. Uh, he's got, you know, like a real disappointment at the running backs. Le'Veon Bell is hurt, of course, and who he's, you know, starting right now. Um, uh, Kelly, uh, not not too exciting. And then there's there's Joe Mixon, who, who historically has had some fine seasons, but he usually, he kind of, Comes to a slow start most years, and sorry. Yeah, like Joe Mixon right now, he still has you know top five rush attempts in the league right now. Yeah, he still sucks. He hasn't done anything with them, but like that should turn around to some extent. He should be. He should get closer to the to the. He should get more red zone carries. He should get more touchdowns. You know, he, yeah. he he break off a few runs and he can pad that yards per carry a little. Joe Mixon should trend up, uh, but it's left it's left Patterson zero three having one of his kind of highest paid players, you know, sucking like that. Yeah. So again, without going much further into this one, Garrett is kind of uh, in the in the giant fight for the top of the champs division along with me and you. So yeah. it's going to be really competitive, I think, in the championship this year. That's going to be a competitive division for sure. So they got two more matchups to run through, Kyle. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into the kind of other close one, and that was Wilson versus Serluco With It was really close going into Monday night. I think only like five points had separated these two. Serluco kind of having a – solid if unremarkable kind of year where he just keeps putting up kind of consistently good points and like this is coming off of him having the big injury to uh saquon and, and raheem moister so yeah. saluco is able to kind of fill in michael gallup was a really good game robert woods getting in the end zone the solid performances all around meanwhile wilson though the big thing is josh allen who literally is having a top uh, top five all time fantasy run, like yeah. like literally, exactly. literally has a hundred something points to start the year. He's on fire, so, so it's really it's all really hard to see. Yeah, like it's really hard to see like what Wilson's team is actually like without Josh Allen, you know, inflating them by an extra ten to fifteen points a week. Right. 
you know, and you got I mean, we all know the real Josh Allen. There's there's going to be plenty more interceptions to come. There are there are going to be bad weeks for him. He is he is by no means ever been consistent as as, as a player. He's always shown incredible incredible promise. But I think I think that's something that we can kind of keep an eye on. But so far it's gotten Wilson to be the only other three and O team with, you know, ja, Josh Allen and of course the rookie Edwards Hilaire. Uh getting solid work. I mean eighteen and a half points. Not not record breaking by any means, but you know, you get twenty carries out of out of a, a running back and you're you're looking in pretty good standing. Yeah, but the craziest thing for me out of Wilson's line this week was the Keenan Allen 19 targets, 13 reception game. Like, probably an outlier, but it seems like Keenan Allen is obscenely better when Herbert is in compared to Taylor. So that yeah. does bode well for Wilson going forward. He just, Wilson right now has a lot of good receivers. Granted, he did get rid of some this week, but uh, now he's got Dalvin Cook coming in. So, yeah. Wilson with reinforcements on the way. So, good job on you, Wilson. And also, the only other 3-0 team and has now sitting comfortably on top of the Chumps division. Right. And, I mean, it was, this was a close game. And, I mean, Suluko has stuff to be happy about, bouncing back from that big injury, like you said. But I'm, I'm kind of impressed with, you know, Burrow, two weeks in a row, has put up um, some monster performances, mainly just from, like, a ridiculous amount of attempts. I think he's got a hundred pass attempts in the last two games. Yeah. So, so that'll help. I think he had sixty-three last week and he's got forty-four this week. So yeah, that's that's over a hundred pass attempts. And if you're not if you're not throwing for a lot of yards off of a hundred pass attempts, um, you're not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If that keeps going forward, it's not like the Bengals are suddenly gonna be leading a whole bunch of games. Right? That that could be relied on. Kenny Galladay making his return with 17 points, first game of the year for him. Pretty solid. A lot of kind of mediocre to solid performances for Shaluko. And I mean, that's that's all the more impressive when you lose like your top player or your top two players almost if you count most. But Shaluko still looks. So again, let's uh, go into our last game here. Last game this week was Vince overcoming Acosta. Vince kind of sitting now second in the division. Uh, right now, the you know, there's just a lot of haves and have-nots in our league. But Absolutely. Vince coming through with a solid performance, despite the fact he has a number of players that routinely just kind of disappoint. Keenan Cole, Leonard Fournette, chief among them this week. But really, like, Vince won because of the Colts' defense, and that's it. Like, I don't really want to hear any other arguments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty-six points off your uh, off a waiver wire defense is that's free money, right? You know you're going against it at the time zero and two now zero and three team. Uh, you you should be be able to beat them with more than just a waiver wire defense, right? Because who broke who broke twenty? We've got a couple of wide receivers looked really good for Vince, and that's about it. Right, Hopkins being Hopkins, he's really thriving with Murray as his as his new quarterback. And we got Cooper Cup getting targeted a whole bunch against Buffalo, and and that kind of somewhat of a shootout. 
Yeah, 100%. Home from for 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 Vince despite the win is it's not a sexy conversation to have a team really dragged up by their by their defense. Yeah, I will say though that Acosta did end up kind of supplementing his team when he got rid of Julio. He got rid of somebody who would have gotten him zero points this week, and instead he got in Cooper and Fuller, which got him a solid thirty-five. So the trades for Acosta are looking very good. Yeah, yeah, he's looking real good at zero and three. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough rough start, but maybe he can turn that around. So that kind of uh, wraps up our week three review anything else you want to say here tom um just just overall i mean you were like you were saying we've got some haves and haves nots we are we are starting to see some clear separation i think the i I don't think uh the records would put me and wilson at the top but i think it's a little more muddied than that my score this week as i believe she showed i am quite beatable i would have lost to like eight out of ten teams this week or something um Yes, I would have beaten Wilson a few weeks. Um, so, so really, we've kind of got like a like a top four or five, I would say, and we've really we've got a pretty clear kind of bottom three or two. And then there's a nice little middle ground. It's a very vague separation, but it's it's starting there. It's pretty clear, you know. You're either you know tier one, two, or three. But plenty of fight between them. Go ahead, Kyle. The biggest thing for me right now is the consistency amongst kind of the mid-range of the, of the league right now. So looking at kind of the total points scored for the year, you got four four teams sitting right around 450, and then you have six teams right around 470 or so. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, it, that, like, that's pretty unheard of in our league. So there's just like a lot of teams are all kind of in the same tier, which is what we got to make that interesting for the second half of the year where we're seeing more separation. Yeah, and what that what that ultimately leads to is people getting butt hurt about scheduling because it's because if, if you got five teams that basically score the same points, uh, the difference in their record is going to be decided not by their own team but by when they play which other team. Correct, and, and that can be frustrating. But luckily, eight eight man playoff guys. If you can't make the playoffs, um, <laughs> you're yeah, really bad. You're really bad. So despite that, you still got to be really bad to not make that good. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. I'll say, like, real quick, let's just go and, and talk about the waiver stuff this week, some of the top hitters. Namely, I just want to talk about how Sir Luco managed to pay $33 for Chris Carson when nobody else bid against him. No, really? um, close. Oh, Hyde. Oh, yeah. Carlos Hyde, correct. Carlos Hyde going in for Chris Carson. Yeah, Carson, um, Carson, maybe he, you know, he had the MCL uh, knee sprain, I believe. I think he's day to day. I think the the initial like shock reaction on Twitter was like, "Oh shit, pick up Carlos Hyde." But yeah. he might not. He might be, you know, riding the bench next week anyway. So interesting. But, I would expect someone to take a shot at him. I would not expect anyone to pay $33 for him. Or I, I wouldn't expect someone to pay 33 and then nobody else actually bid on him. I think is the crazier thing. Right. But, um, so then on top of that, we also had two trades this week, one of which being the first ever in recorded history, three-team trade. Oh, yeah. History being made. 
You know, I was a little excited last week. I was a part of the the talk for a for a three way trade. I of course yeah. tanked the trade and sabotaged it all. So you guys moved on without me. Whatever. I'm not mad about not being part of history. But hell, this is so fucking cool. Can you? Can you, as a as a part of this, Kyle, along with Wilson and Joe, what what was like the the conversations like? How was how was getting three people's needs in one aligned different from you know simple one on one? Yeah, so I think that like based off of the, the discussions that have been happening kind of last week and this week, it's very clear that it takes one person kind of becoming the lead negotiator and trying to take in everyone's best interests. Yeah. If you have like a giant group chat going, it just kind of gets muddled and crap. But here, yeah, in this man, circles like, oh, I want this guy. Okay, well, if I'll do that, then I'll do this. Okay, then I'll. And then there's just a, probably like a chain reaction of people making adjustments ad nauseum. What well, sounds like Kyle went silent on my end, Zoe, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're gonna we're gonna let him talk, and he'll he'll come back. the troops together all that being said but uh like in general it was really fun i love these trades and we're gonna hopefully see three or more three four or five more person trades as the season goes on five person you think a five person trade could happen in all champs division trade <laughs> i'd be like if we did all champs except for you know patterson in order to try to help keep him bad that seems fun <laughs> right and yeah, then, you uh, something from that many. It, it's interesting. It's it's very interesting. I I, yeah. I do look forward to being part of one of those one of those talks. And uh, I think you got a good point. That's good advice for anyone else interested in a multi-team trade. Is kind of let someone be the leader, but at the same time, like don't let that person boss you around. Like don't 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 hop onto a three-way trade just assuming it's going to be a. Uh, uh, an easier ride, you know. Fight for your team. Talk about you, Joe. You, I, I'm, I'm thinking, silent Joe got that yeah. three-way trade. Not after, enough to him, but I was say after Joe went ahead and put a whole bunch of really shitty players on the trade bot, <laughs> he ended up getting rid of Dalvin Cook. So good on you, Joe. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into Week Four previews. Unfortunately, we don't have a super-duper Joe lock of the week. We'll have to get that kind of retrofitted. But right now, Joe did get a solid win last week, making him 2-1 and one on the year. Uh, we actually incorrectly credited him a loss last week. So my apologies, Joe. And then as far as you and me, Tom, you're kind of uh, starting to break away from the pack. You have nine oh, wins. You're nine wins on the year. You're at nine and six compared to my seven and eight. Oh, yeah. No, nine? That's pretty good. Yeah, you, you're sixty percent hit rate. That's all. Um, that's all you need. But if you look at it this way, I think we've. How many times have you picked me to win? I mean, because if I do, if 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 we throw out my games, where obviously I'm always going to pick myself, and you're always going to play devil's advocate, that that's all the three wins that separate us. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's basically what's happened, but it's been more on like the games where it's we're talking about my, me. I generally pick against myself, and you're like, "Kyle, you're gonna win. Shut up." So, 
<laughs> yeah, but let's go ahead and, and jump into week four here. So, Tom, looking, we got some juicy matchups here. Which one do you want to talk about first? Yeah, juicy matchups for sure. We've got – now that, like we talked about, we've got some separation, at least in the standings. We can see, you know, good teams versus bad teams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's look at – let's look at the Lukolakopka. You know, a combined one win among these two, someone needs to rise up. Acosta now, you know, hoping to get his first win of the year. Correct. And I mean, the matchups, are the matchups good for him? You know, Drew Brees um, at Detroit, you know, he's going to be on in a dome. Uh, Detroit generally has been pretty friendly to opposing passing offenses. I see that being a – being being prosperous on the other side, Cam Newton at Kansas City. Uh, Cam Newton playing from behind. Um, I don't think that's going to allow him to be as much of a runner. And if we're turning him into a pure passer, he's he, he's just not that great. I'm 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 taking a gamble here, and I think Acosta is is getting his first one of the year. I I like the. I like the quarterback matchups, and and I, I just I think he's trending up. You know, looking at you know how he's looked the last few weeks, I think he's got a few guys ready for for a breakout, and that's why Acosta's getting the W. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you here. I just like his matchups overall. Again, I think Sir Luco has better players. I just like yeah. Acosta for this week. Uh, we are um, unentertainingly in agreement. Yeah. Next matchup. So next matchup, let's go ahead and let's talk about Wilson the Castro. I think is a, is a, a real easy one. Wilson really with nothing to lose in this game. You know he's got a solid one game lead over Vince with a tiebreaker in his head to head. So really, Tom, what's the first thing that sticks out to you in this game as far as Wilson? Keep in mind, Wilson now has new pieces coming in. He now is getting a solid running back two in Dalvin Cook and is getting rid of some of his wide receivers in Keenan Allen. Yeah, losing Keenan Allen and getting Dalvin Cook is a big upgrade when, you know, Gurley or let's look at his flex. Um, yeah, I mean, Gurley's the main guy getting replaced there. That's a huge upgrade. Um, and he's got enough depth at wide receiver and he's – his Keenan Allen loss isn't going to uh, affect him terribly. So, so no. I, see, I see Wilson trending up even a little bit more after this trade, which is just bad news for Castro, who has been who's coming off of a bad week, who's got you know a interesting uh, drafted team to say the least. I got to go with Wilson. Yeah, I mean, like, if you had to make a case for Castro, it's basically, oh, well, I do think that Melvin Gordon could have a good night against the Jets because it's the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is going up against a team that just made, like, Nick Foles look like a superhero. You know, like, he's actually is going to look to, as of right now, look to play Mike Davis this week. My guess is he'll get, you know, somewhere between four to six targets. I mean, he's got enough players on his team that can make it interesting. But, like, for me, the biggest single reason why he could do well is Tyler Lockett against Miami. 
Like, we're again, we're letting Russ cook, it seems, right now. So why would Tyler Lockett continue to not perform at an amazing level? That might be a less competitive game. It would be a minority. But then again, that Seattle defense is, 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 uh, is letting teams kind of stay competitive. So you might absolutely be right. With Lockett, um, that's, that's the opportunity. But this is what I would guess would be Joe's lock of the week. Let's move on. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and both give us to – well, actually, no. I'm, you're going to give us to Wilson. I'm actually going to give it to Castro. I do I do think uh, it could be interesting and Castro could overperform. But I'm going to guess we're going to go to Wilson. Is that right? Yep. All right. So next up, let's go ahead and talk about uh, interdivisional matchup we have this week with yours truly, myself, going up against the COVID killers in Vinny. Yeah. Both guys, I believe, are second in their respective divisions. Is that correct? Uh, no, Garrett is in the lead over me currently. Oh, but... that's, true. that's true. But still, still, both guys near the top. Both of these guys can't afford a loss if they want to win their division or at least climb to the top for a moment. So out the line here, both teams have a lot to gain and a lot to lose. Kyle, do you feel confident in this matchup? I do, mainly because of the reinforcements I got coming in. I really like Kenyon Drake this week going up against an absolutely trash team. I really also like uh, Kareem Hunts, who has proved to be above just a replacement-level backup. He's 12 RB on the year for PPR. I think that really bodes well when you're using him as like a flex compared to, say, yeah. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> as I mean, like, Vince probably has the best two players in the game in Zeke and Hopkins. But it's like, I don't know how well Zeke does in, against Cleveland. He, he probably is going to get between 15 to 20 points. But it's like, I don't expect like a 30 or a 40 point burger out of Zeke. Anyway, well, DeAndre he hasn't had any of those 30, 40 point burgers yet this year for Zeke. Right? They've, been, they've been very pass heavy. This year, I think part of that's game script. They've been behind a lot. They've been doing a lot of comebacks. This could be right. their first game with like a commanding lead. Uh, but still, I almost wonder if Zeke's best games are those kind of close back and forth games where he gets a lot of goal line carries and gets a lot of targets. That's when he kind of get the best of both worlds. And I don't, I don't see this being that kind of scenario. So I think you're right. Like a 15 to 20 range, another solid performance carried by his volume. Not quite yeah, I mean, like, for me, the biggest thing is, like, can you, with confidence, give me who Vince's third best player is? Third best player. Uh, I mean, Z- you'd think, I mean, Zach Ertz should be it, but he hasn't been. Yeah, know, he's been number he's 11. The Eagles have not been very, very great this year. Um, I guess I would go with with David Johnson, which is not saying a lot. Against yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota is 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 not a scary defense by any means. Uh, David Johnson should be able to get some work done, at least be efficient against one of the worst defenses around. Right, and the big thing for me is, like, again, we talked about this uh, with another game earlier, but COVID, right? If Minnesota-Houston ends up getting postponed, Vince ends up also losing two players here. 
in David Johnson and in uh, Ryan Tannehill, whereas I'm only going to lose John Smith and you pick up a tight end on the waiver wire. Yeah. Which fortunately, they're talk- that, that, that's just moving up their bye weeks. He'll get those. He'll still get hopefully 16 games from those players. But yeah, right. this early in the year, though, when it's when, when Vince is you know knocking on the door of the division lead, um, that that's going to hurt him a lot. And it sounded like that's a a very big possibility. Yeah. So we'll we'll because wait for more news on that between the trade. That those news, a lot of things that actually aren't on their lineups right now is what's telling me that you've got a little bit of an advantage, maybe. But I think if Minnesota game happens, uh, I'm I'm taking Vince. I I think we're going to see his big three are going to be good enough to carry him and make it competitive. And hell, we he's got he's got enough upside. Like you know, your Ryan Tannehills and your Cooper Cups can have. You know, breakout games. Keaton Cole might step up. He's he's been getting a lot of targets. Uh, he was getting a lot of touchdowns early in the year. Th- those things could both easily return back to their earlier season numbers. It can get a win for Vince. Zoe disagrees very much. So, so I'm gonna go ahead and pick myself this week. I just I don't like Vince's team on this week. I think while he has number one, two best player, I probably have like three through eight. Yeah. So it's like quantity over quality any day is kind of how I'm rolling out. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. So you're taking you're taking yourself. I'm taking Vince, and uh, let the record show. That uh, Zoe cried as soon as I talked highly of Vince. <laughs> yes, the record has shown that. So uh, next up here, let's go ahead and get into Patterson versus Joe, which is probably our stinker of the week. In that Patterson has just continued to look abysmal for the year, and Joe at this point, granted, is getting two new wide receivers, and it's just like he just he has a lot of question marks. You know, at this point, his. Uh, team is pretty empty as he's getting these new players then. Yeah, it's kind of hard to make any predictions. Like, you know the trade, you have the trade probably memorized better than I do. So, what all is Wilson? He's losing maybe his his second, or his probably third best player in 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 the running back. What what is Joe gaining? Joe is getting his two good receivers. So, Joe is adding in Thielen and Keenan Allen. Both of which are going to probably be, you know, boons to him considering how bad he's been at the wide receiver position this year. So hopefully it'll help kind of stabilize Joe out in that regard. But in the then the other side though, it's just like it's weird to see Delvin Del, Singletary, Dalvin Singletary as the uh, Devin Singletary. Good God, as his uh, RB two now. It's just like again, Joe's got big name players. He's got enough talent in his like top six, and his two quarterbacks, his new wide receivers, and like ultimately he still has Kamara. I mean, that gives them a really high floor. I feel like absolutely. Now, I think it's important to think about what is Devontae Adams doing this week because Alan Lazard as the number one versus Atlanta could be a huge. Another another huge game for Iowa State's own Alan Lazard. 
But Kyle, you you may be following it better more than I am. What is Devontae Adams' chances for playing this week? Yeah, so I'm gonna say that Devontae Adams is probably gonna play this week. He was able to really play last week. They were just were being extra cautious given his kind of injury history the last couple of years. True. So it's like, you know, let's go ahead, let's play him, let's kind of reignite the offense. He might have less snap counts if they start to whip, pull away early and just ride the running back to a win. But my in a way, Lazard's effectiveness. Yeah, this is a messy one, that's for sure. I think this will be a low, a low scoring one. We'll see uh, some growing pains on a Russell Wilson side. We're having a yeah. good morning here in the Hart household. Um, <laughs> a lot of struggles going on with, with Zoe there. It's, it's fine. Like. It's fine. Somebody can strum her nose. She'll stop. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, I'm, all this being said, who are you picking? I'm picking Joe. And, uh, I'm picking Patterson. Wow. I believe in our in our former champ. All right. So, I'm taking Joe. You're taking Patterson to get his first win of the year. We'll see how that goes. And then, this leads us to our matchup of the week. The top one and two seed in the champs division. And you were still... Right. Winner, winner takes full control of, of the chance division. A lot on the line here. Yeah, I said a, a hell of a lot on the line here. Garrett is hoping to get Michael Thomas back this week. Would really kind of help him out. He has a bad matchup with Derrick Henry going up against arguably the best defense in the league. But, uh, you know, you've got some issues yourself there. Josh Jacobs has proven to be kind of boomer bust despite getting the workload. Yes, absolutely. That's The, the Raiders as a whole have been quite frustrating for me. Um, as we saw week two, um, Waller was like almost 40 points. And the other two weeks he combined for maybe maybe 12. Very good. Yeah, right. Guys. Obviously, I'm losing Kenyon Drake. And for the short time, I'm really getting nothing in return. That was kind of a long, a long-term play. I don't know if we expect Julio to play yet. Possible. Certainly possible there. Yeah. Um, my matchups aren't looking too exciting outside there. Um, if you a quick scan on Sleeper, I've got two positive matchups, and I'm trading both of them away. Um, so this is going to come down to. I do believe top to bottom, I have the more talented roster. Are the matchups bad enough on my end to make it to take me out? Are Garrett's good enough to to overcome his weaknesses? Whew. This early in the year, though, I think matchups are harder to predict. So I would lean towards um, player skill over player situation a little bit. But let's take a closer look at what Gert's going on. I mean, the real the real worry I think is is the return of Michael Thomas. Like you're saying, if he's full power in a dome in Detroit, that that could be a real game changer. So I think I think that's our biggest thing to monitor. If Michael Thomas plays. I think he's the favorite. I'm still probably going to give it to Garrett regardless, mainly just because it's like you've lost people. 
you've lost a solid contributor in Kenyon Drake and got back Julio, which at this point is kind of a question mark. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, in general, I just kind of like Garrett, like you, you said, like when all else equal, Garrett has two of the top, like, three running backs in the league right now, as well as having Kelvin Ridley, who's been on fire. Yeah. It's like literally the only position you do better at is quarterback, which, to be fair, is a big boon. But I don't think it's a big enough boon compared to the other things that you have. I'm not worried. I'm taking myself. (laughs) Sounds good. I'm going to go ahead and take Garrett on this one. And that wraps up our week four preview. Yeah. Uh, Any uh, final thoughts here, Tom? Uh, A lot on the line here. We've got a, you know, an 0-4 start would be demoralizing. I think that's exponentially worse than 0-3. So those guys have a lot of the line. We've got uh, some big division matchups. We've got, We've got some higher-ranked teams going at it. I think I think we're going to see a lot of separation. I think a lot, a lot is going to change this week about who's who's comfortable in the playoff hunt and who's not. Yeah, well, it'll make for another exciting week in the KCLC. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right. So this has been Tom Hart, your commissioner, and Commodus, your co-commissioner at large. This has been the Champions Podcast. Whatever it takes. Um...